Hi, everybody. I am Mark. This is my wife, Kara. And if you're a guest with us, we're the lead pastors here at Impact Rock Church. And we love God. And I am a little too loud. And I'm not, I'm not saying that as like a rule of thumb, I'm a little too loud. Because I am a loud guy, but I think this is a little loud. There we go. We love the Lord. We love people. We love serving our King. He is an awesome God. I love the fact that we come together and no one makes us be here. No one forces us to be here. We are here because we want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. So uh, it's good to be here. And I haven't preached in three weeks. Uh, we've had guest speakers and we had Daryl Evans last week and we just worshipped. How awesome was that? Was that just awesome? It was <laughs> It was awesome. The feedback doesn't really dictate how, how great it was. Yeah, that's a good woo. All right. but uh, So I am ready to preach. Um, but before we do, um, I think... Now, if this is, I don't think we've done this, but I think I've had this in my notes for like like four out of the last five weeks. But uh, Brian and Wendy and Eli Coppolo um, are officially members of the Impact Rock family, and uh, we've been trying to make that announcement. We tried to make that announcement for weeks. And here at Impact Rock, um, we don't really have any sort of official church membership. Um, we just kind of come together and serve the king. And when we make announcements like this, you know, that someone says, yeah, I'm ready to be a part of the church family. What that means is, okay, now you can put me to work. (laughs) Because in a family, that's what we do. In a family, everyone pitches in and everything gets done. And uh, if this is your first time here or second time here, I want to make something abundantly clear. This is not the Mark Harper show or the Mark and Kara Harper show. Uh, I'm not the senior pastor. I'm the lead pastor. Jesus Christ is the senior pastor of this church. We make everything about him, and we join together to do it. Amen? Isn't that good? I think it's... All right. Hey, can we get a yell? Can we get something? There we go. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to yell then. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's pray so that we can we can preach. Lord, you're awesome. And we love you and we set our eyes on you, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you have free reign of our hearts right now. You have free reign of our minds. Have your way. Holy Spirit, do your thing. Draw us closer to the Lord. Point us to Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ be glorified in this place tonight. Lord, do that awesome thing that you do where that you take this word and you make it go straight to each one of our hearts as if this word is spoken just for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, for the last 20 weeks, and yes, it has been 20 weeks, we have been preaching a series called Heritage. And in this series, we talked about who we are as a church, who Impact Rock Church is. What is the heritage that we are leaving behind? What is it that when we talk about who we are as a church, what is it that we talk about? And in this Heritage Series, we've broken every message down in those 20 weeks into one of three categories. The first category was profound love for God. We're to have a profound love for God. And in the midst of that, that topic, we talked about having a relationship with Jesus. We preached on uh, the Word of God and how important it is to spend time in the Word, to hear from the Lord, to be fed. We talked about prayer. We talked about baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talked about praise and worship. All of those things fell under the heading 
of profound love for God. And then we moved on to genuine love for His church. And in the midst of this topic, we preached on giving, serving, relationship with one another, loving one another, genuinely. And that means that we, that the, the first time someone falls, we don't sit there and, and eat our wounded. Amen? You know, that we have grace for each other and we lift each other up and we, we, we support each other and strengthen in relationship and fellowship. When Michael was talking about uh, the after hours, when we started this church in our home a year and a half ago, after every service, we had a meal together. We had a potluck meal together. And it was, it was so cool because I'd get up there and I'd preach and I think I just preached this powerful message. And I'm like, ministry's just going to flow tonight. And I'd have this call to ministry. I'm like, you know, who needs ministry for this or that or the other? And it'd be like crickets. I mean, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So then we go and eat a bunch of Italian food together. And I see people praying together. And I'd go up to someone later. I'm like, what were you guys praying about? Oh, you know, we prayed about such and such. I'm like, that's what I preached on. When I did the call to ministry, no one responded. But yet you throw a little red sauce in it and everyone wants prayer. But it was okay. Because in the midst of relationship and friendship, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be pointing each other to Jesus. Hey, you know, thanks for sharing that with me. Let's pray because Jesus cares about that. Can can I pray for you? Boy, that's what it's supposed to be. Amen? Amen. And then the third, the third topic was demonstrative love for his lost. Demonstrative. It's not enough for us to talk about it. It's not. There's a lot of talk. It's not enough for us to talk about his love. We must demonstrate it. And so we preached on evangelism and testimony. We preached on prophecy. We are meant to demonstrate God's love. Demonstrate it. There's a world out there that needs to know that He's real, that His love for them is real. And we can't just tell them about it. We've got to demonstrate it. Amen? So I want to repeat those headings one more time. Profound love for God. Genuine love for His church. Demonstrative love for His lost. Who's that sound like? Who does that sound like? <laughs> Sounds like Impact Rock Church. Thank you, Lord. Sounds a lot like Jesus Christ, doesn't it? Profound love for God. Jesus did nothing except what he heard the Father say. Genuine love for his church. What greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for his brother? Demonstrative love for his loss. For, for his lost. How much more could Jesus Christ have demonstrated his love than to lay down his life? And how much more could he have demonstrated his power than to conquer death and three days later to rise from the grave? When we went through this series, Heritage, this series is all about Jesus Christ. We find our lives, our past, our present, our future, our heritage in only one place in only one person Jesus Christ we want to talk about our heritage it is Jesus Christ period that's it our heritage is Jesus we look to Jesus we follow the works of Jesus we look at his example and we say done 
I think that we are a great church. I really do. I am biased. I'll give you that. But I think we're a great church. We're one and a half years old. And I think it's a great place to come to church. But I think it's a great place to come to church. Because each and every week, we lift up Jesus. We don't have topical messages that are meant to encourage you on feel-good topics. I mean, we kind of do, because we. <laughs> I think Jesus makes us feel pretty good. But we talk about Jesus every week. We preach Jesus every week. That is why we're a great church. We have some amazing people in this church. We really do. I mean, you guys are studs. I mean, honestly, you're amazing people. I think we have incredible worship. Tonight was wonderful. We have incredible worship. I think the preaching ain't too bad. I mean, every now and then it's really bad. But uh, most times it's pretty good. Um, but that's not why we're a great church. We're a great church because we lift up the name of Jesus. None of that stuff would matter if we came in here and we didn't exalt Jesus Christ. We aren't a good church because we have great leaders. And I do think we have great leaders. But that is not why we're a good church. We are a good church because we strive to be great followers of the King of Kings, the Son of God. See, we make it about leaders, we make it about us. We make it about following, we make it about Him. So everything we preach, everything we do, it is about Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says this. For there's only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Because of Jesus, we are reconciled to God. Because of Jesus, we have freedom. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In order to truly live, we have to find our life in Jesus Christ. In order to truly live, we've got to find ourselves in Him. The one who paid the price so that we could have life. We can't do this if we see Jesus as that defeated body laying on the, you know, still nailed to the cross. Praise God for the cross. Man, I, we go to the cross. We cling to the cross and the work of Jesus Christ. But Jesus is not on that cross. When we see Jesus, we don't see Jesus dead and nailed to the cross. We see Jesus victorious and risen. And He is alive. He is alive. 1 Corinthians 15 
3 through 7 says this, and then we're going to jump down to, to verse 14. But it says this, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Let's jump down to verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, this, this, is, this is so profound right here. This is so important. Friends, let's listen to this. If Christ has not been raised, then all of our teaching, all of our preaching is useless. And your faith is what? Useless. Useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Jesus Christ is alive. That is huge. That is so important. When we, when we talk about Jesus, we don't talk about a martyr who, who was buried and, and now we memorialize. We talk about a risen Savior. He's alive. What we do tonight, what we do every night, is we set everything else aside and we focus on Jesus Christ. We set our sights on the one who brings life. We set our sights on the one who destroyed barriers and still does so today. He destroyed the barrier of sin. Sin no longer has to have hold of us because of the work of Jesus Christ. I don't care what our past is. I don't care what your like past three hours were. Because of the work of Jesus Christ, that barrier has been broken. We are free. And I love looking around the room and looking at the diversity of this room that we have. Jesus Christ has broke down barriers. I, I don't care what the, the background is here, the denominational background. I, I, I know just from looking around that in this room we have you know, people that were brought up Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Lutheran, um, complete heathen. I mean, we have all these backgrounds. But what, what did Christ break? He broke the barrier of religion that we can come together, we can unify under the name of Jesus Christ. And now what do we call ourselves? His family. You got the same dad, right? barrier of sickness is broken because of Jesus Christ. We do not have to be sick. Brokenness, hurt, heartache, it has been broken 
because of the work of Jesus Christ. He did the work. It is done. If you're broken, if if you're heartbroken, if you've been disappointed or failed, you can receive that completed work of Jesus Christ in which we find ourselves whole and healed and forgiven. Jesus. That name, Jesus. You know, I, I, I was raised in church. Raised in church. You know, I've been able to do a pretty good prayer since I was a kid. You know, my mom and dad can do good prayers. You know, they, they're good prayers. So, you know, I, I've always been able to pray. But there was one time when, when my oldest, Acacia, when she was, when she was just an infant, I found myself, uh, not knowing what to do. She was, she was throwing up and she was throwing up blood. And I didn't know what that meant. So, you know, I, I took her in the bathtub and I'm, I'm holding her just, and I'm like calling for Kara, trying not to scare Acacia. And I couldn't pray anything except one thing. Jesus. 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 And I just held her and I just kept saying that. Jesus. And I didn't, as, as eloquent as I often am, I had nothing. But I had everything. What else do you need? I called upon the name of Jesus. What else do we need, church? Friends, what else do we need? We don't have to have eloquent words. We don't have to. We just got to call upon the name of Jesus. And He loves us and He's there. And my daughter was fine. We've got Jesus. We've got Jesus. As many great things as I think this church has and possesses and is and walks in, all of them are made possible because of Jesus. We don't just get up here and talk about God and leave it as a vague term. When we talk about God, we talk about Jesus. Jesus. First Corinthians 11 says this. 23 through 32. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night when He was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then He broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and His people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until He comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ... You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak 
and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. In, in a moment, as a, as a group of brothers and sisters, we're going to take communion together. And I, I want to dispel a couple of the myths of communion if I can. Taking communion together is not about church membership in any way, shape, or form. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's not about what denomination we are, or it's not about if we've uh, followed a set of precepts and, and laws and regulations. It's not about that. Now, this is what we know about communion. When we take it, we are to take it remembering Jesus and we're going to take it in a worthy manner. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never placed your trust in Him, once again, I'm not talking about church, okay? We're talking about Jesus. If you've never placed your trust in Jesus, then it's impossible for you to come to the Lord's table and remember what He's done. Does that make sense? If we've never placed our trust and said, the, the Bible says if you believe in Jesus, that he died for your sins, that he rose from the dead, if you believe and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you'll be saved, period. That's it. You'll be saved. If you haven't done that, then how in the world could we remember his work? How could we remember that he died despite all my crud, despite all my junk, He died for me and wiped away my past, wiped away my sin, gave me a new life. And now when God looks at me, He sees someone who is whole, who is complete. He sees Jesus. He sees the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. So, what what's... What is it to take communion unworthily? It's to do it lighthearted without remembering that that blood was precious. That that blood, not a drop of that blood was shed in vain. Our logo as a church, we have this drop of blood that, that's hitting the ground and rippling and it forms a crown. And the reason we have that logo is because not one drop of Jesus' blood was shed in vain. Not one drop. Every drop that fell from his body had purpose, had power, changed the world.